3: and I'm David Gurra. Listen to the Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas, with the voice of Vegas. Your host, RJ Bell. Give me
0: So
4: the, the pregame show America has always wanted. I the
5: future. I the future.
4: From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
6: You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 226 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Tuesday is Roundtable Tuesday. Scott Seidenberg from the Vegas Sports and Information Network joins. That was the cleanest you've ever gotten that name out. Well, yeah, it, it's It smooth. rolled off the tongue it, It's smooth. It should happen It's smooth. Now. Listen, I mean, let's be honest. Rock Hudson wasn't named Rock Hudson. You should have thought of a professional name. We can do that maybe, just if things get really slow, like kind of workshop a name for you,
5: like Spotty Peace. I'm just too authentic though. Yeah, that,
6: that's true. That, that is true. Except you're from Nebraska and you got a New York accent. How's that, how's that authentic? <laughs> I don't even get it. Also, <laughs> we got AJ Hoffman with us. He is the fan who beats the man. Now, remember, before we get to that, sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. And I'll tell you, I love these July shows, because a lot of people are like, ah, is there a lot of stuff? Is there enough stuff to talk about? That is the advantage of the one hour. Imagine if you had an overnight show with no guests, necessarily, and you had three hours to fill. How much crap are you going to be spewing? A lot. We get, right, Scott? <laughs> a lot. But if you have one hour... That means even on the slimmest days, you've got a lot. And we've got over 74 minutes of content. So, we've got to figure which one is slipping in the hour, A.J. Hoffman.
7: Baker Mayfield
6: introduced
7: as a Panther today. Tiger Woods criticizes live golfers before the British Open. And Donovan Mitchell apparently now available at the right price from the Utah Jazz. What is the Vegas lead?
6: You should know this, A.J. Everything is available at the right price. Fair enough. <laughs> I was listening to The Herd today on FSR and it dawned on me I can't believe I missed this is, you know, Colin who we've been very mm, critical of in the following narrow way. Sam Darnold is horrible. He's been horrible for a long time. But you know, Colin's been an optimist. Baker Mayfield, we all know that listen to the radio about sports is and Colin's not a fan, right? I never really dawned on me that Baker Mayfield could be the one to end Sam Darnold's career. Cuz think about it, if that be worst case scenario for him. I mean that's what I'm saying. Wow. And and right now we have the odds on it. The odds say that Baker Mayfield who's going to start in week 1, week 1 Baker Mayfield is 78% chance minus 450, Darnold 22%. Now, keep in mind the odds of Sam Darnold starting Week One are so much better than starting Week Eight.
7: No doubt, because I mean, Sam Darnold. Like, if you were ever going to say, "Let's start the season with Sam Darnold," let Baker transition in. Baker's coming off a surgery in the off season. Sam Darnold understands the offense. Like, this is yeah. a, this is the time when you would say, "Let's go with what we got until Baker's totally comfortable." And
6: plus, if there was a chance of Baker truly imploding. It would be if he throws four interceptions against the Browns. Oh, does, he, yeah. does he recover from that? Probably not. So, in a weird way, the fact it's only twenty-two percent the betting odds that Darnold starts Week One means this is Baker Mayfield's job to not only win, but it'd be a it'd be very unlikely he doesn't win it, and that means pretty much Sam Darnold is what no longer a he is he's a backup quarterback. He's no longer a viable starter in the NFL uh if he was before well he was perceived to be right. right so in a way his it's the this is almost like a movie the enemy the greatest the the enemy that you hate the most that's Colin. and, and I don't know hate dislikes doesn't like, as an athlete, I don't think it's personal, that not you know liking Baker, and Baker's the one that puts the final sword into the heart of the football career, metaphorically, of Sam Darnold. That's fascinating to me. Let's start there.
7: All right. Like you said, the odds, minus 450 for Baker Mayfield to start Week 1, That although Carolina says it will be an open competition at quarterback.
6: As opposed to what?
7: As opposed to Baker Mayfield's the starter, (laughs) Sam has to Sam, Sam will only be there if Baker gets hurt.
6: It was funny. I listened to some of the press conference today, and Darnold or Baker Mayfield was talking about how he's used to these revenge games. He goes, "Well, you know, I've gone. You know, when I went from college to college, is what he said. I would then play the you know Texas Tech, you know whatever." Maybe that's a bad thing, you know. The fact he's talking about like this might be his third revenge game, and he's like 25 years old. Maybe it's a sign of something, but it does bring in the question: How? What, let's use you, Scott, as an example. When you came from Nebraska and then went to New York at whatever age that was, I think it was like 22. Right? Is last year? I mean, listen, Omaha. You were Warren Buffett, big fan, but but here's the question: Is at age 25, what were you, how mature were you compared to now? Oh, it's not even close. I mean, you look back and cringe at some yeah, of the stuff, right? Absolutely. To what disadvantage, I mean, to what degree do we have to give some sympathy to these athletes? I get it, they're rich. So to some degree you can say they make the money, it's worth But their entire brand, their entire, like, who is this person in the universe, in our society, is dictated by the narrative. Sam Darnold's narrative is going to be a losing quarterback that was inept. A bust. A bust at the NFL level. But you know what? Even so, Sam Darnold's probably one of the 100 best. I don't know if he's one of the 100 best, but he's probably one of the 100 best quarterbacks walking the earth. How many people are in a top 100 at anything that matters? Not many. So, in a way, he's been it's been a great accomplishment to mm-hmm. get here. He's made millions of dollars, but he's a bust. What's even worse is if someone's actions like Kyrie, Kyrie's what? We act like he's fifty years old. Kyrie's what thirty. Check it out, Mackenzie. I think he's like thirty. I wasn't all that. And when did he say the world is flat? When he was 26? Yeah. (laughs) It's like we judge these athletes so harshly. And I get it. They should be judged. They're adults. But there has to be a way to evolve away from that brand. And especially when it's a bad one. And I'm just not sure if Baker Mayfield,
5: like, is Baker Mayfield going to be given the chance to do that? it's even harder in the NFL because the NFL is such a week to week sport that we change the narrative every single week. I mean, let's not I mean, we all forget. Let's go back last season, the first 3 weeks of the year, the Panthers were 3 and 0 and Sam Darnold was an elite quarterback. He threw for over 300 yards. Well, he, in his, his first performance three games. looked yeah, elite. That's yeah. what I'm saying. His first he threw for over 300 yards. Remember he had four rushing touchdowns in this first 3 games, right? And something like that. So they were 3 and 0 and everyone was people were hammering them against the Dallas Cowboys, taking the points in the five- Game.
6: Remember that line was like if I recall three and a half or four, yeah. Dallas at home against Carolina week four. They were saying Dallas was a smidge better than Carolina. That you know, a point or so bad that was it. That obviously wasn't the case, and then
5: obviously Sam Darnold comes back down to earth, and we all know him to be the quarterback that we expected him to be when the Jets traded
6: him. But you're not a Sam Darnold truther, right? You realize this guy is not a good quarterback. I'm just saying. I just, the I'm, I'm asking. Week to I'm week. asking though. Are you saying those three games are they representative of something that if only the right scenario happens, we can see his
5: great talents exert themselves upon the world? No, two of those wins were against the Jets and the Texans.
6: Okay, so you're not a big Sam Darnold guy. No. I think once you hit a
5: certain level of
7: success, people tend to sort of move on from your past transgressions. I think a great example. Really, when does that happen? So, Give th- me an example of that. Cam Newton. Okay. Cam Newton, when he came into the league, was a guy who had to transfer out of Florida because he stole a laptop. Everybody, I mean, he was a
6: criminal. So you thought Sam Newton coming into New England, well, had a good brand? I think he had a better brand than he did coming uh, into the league. But did he have a fair brand? I mean, because I think there was a t- that a fumble in the Super Bowl that he didn't apparently go as hard for it. Him wearing the goofy hats, or at least in my opinion, the goofy hats in the press conferences after the Super Bowl. You know, it, it it seems like losing the biggest game of your life to have even an hour of frustration carried with him the rest of his. I mean, to this day, it seems like the only thing helping Newton at all is that that Belichick was such a fan of his. Right, and he was such a team player. I mean, if you're going to get an endorsement from someone, and I guess maybe Cam Newton's a guy who's had sort of
7: a roller coaster, you know, from being a guy who was. Uh,
6: but When was it? When was the? When the Cam Newton won the MVP. Well, not saying there's a difference between. Let's look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Yep. Would you say, in general, if you ask 100 football fans how good Lamar is, you're going to get some disparate answers? No doubt. He ended up out of the top 10 of ESPN's most recent kind of poll. It feels like there's a there's a societal there's a racial, but it's not even racial. I think there's a cultural element to this. When a player shows up in a press conference and he seems different than someone you could sit and have beers with, could I sit and drink with it? Middle America just says that guy's an alien. I don't get you know I don't get him, and we don't like people we can't we don't understand as as humanity. I think, right? I mean, look at there's a lot of rappers. McKenzie's a person of color. There's a lot of rappers McKenzie loves that the average middle American is going to say, "What's with that?" Right? And it's one culture versus the other, right? Is that true, McKenzie? Sure. Plenty. Who would be an example of that? Kanye West. Yeah, but see, Kanye's one where then he went with the pro-Trump stuff, and then a lot of people in his original cohort weren't a fan of it. Like you get a lot of this with Kanye, man, lately. But I loved him. Right, that that because that's what you hear a ton of, true, right? True. So it's like we all like Kanye was one of the most important cultural figures in the black community in the hip hop community. Politically, didn't go with the party line, and now he's like, oh, he's crazy. You know, maybe he's got. Maybe we should empathize. This is what people say. We should empathize with his mental illness. Yeah. I don't know. It gets complicated. Uh, I mean, in New York, for example. Uh, there's a, a real culture, or there's a real cult of personality around a guy like Jeter, mm-hmm. right? A lot of that has to do with, and let me ask you that he was relatable, even though in truth he was living a different life with the gift baskets <laughs> and all that. He was
5: relatable to the fans, right? Sure, you know, he was well spoken, carried himself. His father was a doctor, you know, and and yeah, Jeter represented everything that you wanted in a leader. So if Jeter was exactly what he was on the field...
6: But was a guy like you know, let's say a hardcore hip hop type
5: who was you know just being different than let's say mid
6: or New York typically. Well, you
5: just Britain. say he was Alex Rodriguez taking pictures of himself and kissing a mirror and posing topless in Central Park and you know. <laughs> yeah, A Rod's personality certainly wasn't beloved, but in a way, his personality
6: is like one of one. Yeah. Like, you know, it's almost like him and maybe Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. That's a good one. But that was the only ones that had that. Maybe like Kurt Hennig as a wrestler, but it was like. There wasn't many guys like, like, A-Rod's a whole different species, almost. like But like I just feel like we shy away from the fact that so much of this is about, can we think it would be fun to have a beer with a guy? And and that makes it so if someone's different, they're intrinsically going to be, criti- or at least not embraced. And to me, if that thing that causes you not to be embraced... Is something that was the case when you were 23, but it's not the case when you're 30. How do we try to evolve? As, even if we accept that we're, it's okay to not want to embrace someone different, which we can debate that. If he changes, grows up, shouldn't we wrap our arms around that? Because that's what we hope for, right? People changing in a good way. Mm-hmm. But what athletes can we say, we thought he was a punk, but now we love him?
5: I, I don't know. I don't know if we call him a punk, but well, like people but that, say like that LeBron grew up when he went to Miami. I mean, he even referred to that as like him going to college. Comes out of the M comes straight out of high school, goes to the NBA, not really sure how to handle himself. And and he he literally used that analogy that him going to Miami was his four years going away to school. I think you're co- and then co- he came back. Kobe Bryant,
7: kind of the same thing. The perception on Kobe five years into his career is way different than it was at the end of his career
6: and at the end of his life. Kobe's a very interesting example. Let's set Kobe aside for one second. Do you think LeBron is more popular today? More, He has a higher approval rating today than he did year three? Yes. Year four? See, I question that. I think people think he's more grown up now, mm-hmm. but since he's been so active politically, I think there's a lot of people who just are like not interested in hearing about LeBron, anything about LeBron except basketball.
5: That's a fair point, but in terms of, uh, I guess... Him being mature. Yeah. And and, and as far as a business sense, you know, he's he's making TV shows and movies. But I don't think that makes people like him. I think that makes people envious, typically. I'm just saying the the personal growth.
6: Yeah, he's grown and and grown in a way that has empowered him in a way that puts off a lot of people. I think. And not, and it's not his fault. And that's a whole different conversation. How does politics Yeah, the whole thing sports, with China and the yeah, most how,
8: recent
5: comments on Grinder and whatever. It's,
6: oh, uh, well, I didn't hear that. What was the comment?
5: Uh, it was something about... If
7: I were yeah. Brittany Griner, I'd consider not returning <laughs> yeah. to the U.S. Oh! I thought we were talking about
6: the gay app, Grinder, that somehow no, LeBron no, had Brittany, some comments. No, that, it's like, what could he have said about that? <laughs> <laughs> he's like I object or you know it's like oh yeah I've got grinder down.
7: No he's saying if he was if he were Britney grinder he might just stay in the gulag for the rest of his life which makes total
6: sense. So what was the impl- why is that
7: now? because he thinks or I guess he's implying that the US isn't doing enough to get her back that it, she should almost feel unwanted here. Yeah.
6: And you know what the typical guy in, in Nebraska is going to say? Maybe he should go over there. Yeah, go on not you and, go and, get it. And, and I and mean that's on. the whole point, right? <laughs> All right, let's do this. The Kobe's interesting. Let's take our first break. We'll look at Kobe and really the question is is Baker even going to act in a way that should evolve our thinking? Cuz he hasn't really done it yet. I would make the case the end of last season was some of the most immature things Baker has done, and that's—is he growing up? It doesn't seem like it. Stay tuned.
7: AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas. Intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the hammer's gonna fall. The government runs the business. The government keeps stole
6: Come with I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas,
7: and I'm AJ Hoffman. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. With over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone's here to help you save time
6: and money with their free services. Getting the job
7: done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone.
8: On
6: Tuesdays, we're joined by Nebraska Scott Seidenberg. <laughs> it's it <was laughs> funny. It's funny.
5: <laughs> it's funny.
6: It is because it's. Is so there anything funnier than Nebraska? Though, like, no, I, I think Nebraska is not funny. Which makes in it fact, funny. I don't even think people in Nebraska laugh, <laughs> hardly ever.
7: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a but, joyful life.
6: Well, wor- no. They like the, they have their mission, right? It's to farm and stuff and football, <laughs> farming and football. I don't know. I've never been in Nebraska. I have. Have you? What's it like? I mean, I've only been to the football stadium. I, I mean, I've seen Nebraska play football.
7: Yeah, at the Rose Bowl. It wasn't pretty. No, people, <laughs> but people are into Nebraska football. There, I think that's
6: all they're into. I did fly over a couple times. Okay, I looked down. I said, eh, eh. "Corn." There you go. <laughs> Good day to join us, though. We got AJ Hoffman with us, also. I'm RJ Bow. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. We're going to be talking about Kobe in a minute. That's a fascinating one. Did his opinion, did the public's opinion of him evolve in a way that was fair? And then we're going to segue into Deshaun Watson, which again, he's going to need some evolving of opinion. But maybe that's unfair too. It's very fascinating. And you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip 112. The neon is percolating. Uh, we were talking about
7: Baker Mayfield and how it, what it's going to take to change perception on him. And we talked about guys who were looked at one way earlier in their career and were able to...
6: Well, we're saying there's not many of
7: those guys. You're right. And Kobe Bryant was the example I brought up. You said you think it's an interesting one.
6: Well, make the case. How do you think? I, I think the the early perception was entitled, uh, a little too bold for his britches, uh, shooting where he shouldn't shoot, 0 for 8 in that playoff game, is what or 0 for 7, what you always hear. How do you think it evolved?
7: I, I think by the time it was all said and done, Kobe was looked at as a leader, like as a a guy who really understood the game. was was looked at as like a great father, or like a great family man. His whole his off court perception changed as well. Obviously, he had was some, not in Colorado though. Right, he had some indiscretions, or, indiscretions. Or at least alleged indiscretions. Alleged early.
6: That, I think the indiscretions aren't alleged. It was just you know, was it a, a illegal? Was the right? Passion?
7: But at the end of it, everyone looked at Kobe Bryant as like a, a real at role the end model. of his life. At the end mean. of his life, yeah. yeah. Well, even. At the end of his basketball career.
6: I think. First off, I think this is a this could be an entire show. I'll hit it quick. Get Scott's opinion. Get yours. And we'll get out of this because it's a long conversation. One, we can't forget. Kobe, you know, there was a Genie Bus tweet this weekend saying, "I miss Kobe," mm-hmm. or, or I guess it would have been the last week. You know, I don't know in the last week or so, I miss Kobe. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Kobe's the guy that went on. I think Dan Patrick saying, "I'm not going to play for the Lakers anymore. I went out of here." This is before the second, you know, group of titles uh, that they had. And he also, I mean, let's be honest. If you read those books, him and Shaq, it wasn't like there wasn't fault to go around. Sure, but there was a lot of fault. To go around on Kobe's side, and then at the end he had a blown out Achilles and took the max money he could for the last two years, and to the point they couldn't really get any other players around him, and he just shot the ball like crazy. So I think the whole mama mentality, people love that killer instinct kind of thing. I'm not sure other than that, and I think all this has been obscured from the tragic death. But I would say the day before his helicopter went down. There was a lot of mixed feelings about Kobe, and it certainly what did it evolve from the the opinion as a kid? Yeah, but I'm not sure it was all that much more positive other than he was a winner. like Kobe could win, but as a person, I think it was pretty mixed before he died. What do you think?
5: I just don't think it was at ever at a point even early on in his career where he was so negatively thought of because you know, everyone thought he's young he's gonna get yeah, yeah. you know it, again when a guy comes straight out of high school and then goes to the NBA... and he was one of the first to come yeah, straight out of high school you know there is this 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 learning curve there is this uh, or so, somewhat leeway that you give a, a kid like that and I, I just I don't I, I never thought that there was maybe animosity mm-hmm. as I've seen towards someone like a Baker Mayfield.
6: Yeah, it's animosity is a good word for it. So, any final thoughts on Kobe? I think in general he was, uh, it was ambivalent. It was it was mixed at the beginning, and it was mixed at the end before his death.
7: And you may be right. Maybe maybe my judgment of what people thought of him has been clouded by what it was post mortem. Like mm-hmm. you know, at the end, everyone, no one had anything negative to say well, about. You know, it's
6: funny that seems to be coming around again. The negativity. Yeah, it's like there was a moratorium on it after his death, and now you're hearing. I mean, just the thing about the Achilles and the max contract and all the shooting was something I, I can't remember who said was talking about this weekend. It's one of those things where a day or two after, if you mention that, people or even are like, a hey, week hey, or two after, too soon. Too yeah, soon. a week or two after. All right, we're straight out of Vegas. Why do you think? There, I think animosity is the right word. We were talking during the break. I've known Colin over a decade. I don't think he's been, had his guns out metaphorically for anyone like for Baker. Why? I kind of think I know why, but
5: Scott, what's your thoughts? I mean, he's got a face that you want to punch. No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's just—he—he he seems to carry himself with, like you know, there's a certain swagger you could say uh-huh. that he does carry himself with. Um, he's—he's a—he's a, he's
6: modern. He's a whatever negatives you want to say about the youth today, he seems to encompass those. Yes,
5: there's a lot of. Uh, remember Colin with the whole backwards hat thing. You uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. Baker would be a backwards hat guy. Yeah, for sure. But that's
6: just the starting point. Yeah.
5: Right. I think a lot of people are giving grief to
7: Baker about oh he's doing all these commercials, but he's not he's not playing football, he's not winning championships. But no one says that about Chris Paul, who's doing the exact same thing.
6: But why was he, in a weird way, the reason he was getting commercials implies that he's a he was popular. I mean, His number popular. one overall it, pick, it, but, Heisman well, Trophy winner. Well, none of those have to do with popularity, though, right? Those might have to do with how good of a, a player you are, right? I mean, I, I think in general, I look at Baker and I think he seems like a villain or the antagonist in a John Hughes movie. Like in Pretty in Pink, I'm thinking he's the one that doesn't want the girl to date the kind of nerdy guy. The James Spader character. Yeah, the James Spader character. Ducky? Well, no, (laughs) No, the Ducky's the one, the the baker's dunking his head in the toilet. And, I mean, I like Ducky as my, Remember now, the Dice Man was the doorman talking with Ducky. I mean, that's a good movie. But I, I don't see, he see... It seems like Baker came... And I'm not... Maybe You know what's funny? I said this in the break, and I'm not sure I'm right. He came from some, some affluence. right? I mean, his parents had some money, right, McKenzie? Yeah, his dad was in private equity. Oh, private equity. That's more than affluence. That means millions. So,
5: he's, he's got millions growing up. I have a theory. All right. He came at the wrong time. Too close to Johnny Manziel. Except in a weird
6: way, he is the the Johnny Manziel that made good.
5: Yes, but there's too many similarities that... Is there any sense that Baker's like a big partier or a drug user? No, I just I think you're just looking at stylistic, you know, the the, the team coming from affluence. So just, just Immaturity. Immaturity. There's a lot... You know, even, even their college careers, there's just a lot there that I think... You would think the contrast I think makes, if there was a separation between the two, a greater separation, it would be a little different.
6: To me, the fact that they are fairly close timeline-wise means that the better player, mm-hmm. the one that makes good, should get credit. You know, In contrast...
7: Because let's face it, guys like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning didn't grow up poor, mm-hmm. but no one looked at them well, as like... I,
6: I, I personally hold a grudge against Andrew Luck because of his affluence growing up why because it's like it's another advantage he had but did you take that,
7: that, it go ahead. Did, did you take it as he was somehow immature or no. spoiled
6: no he wasn't though because that's the thing there does seem to be a fork in the road when you grow up with affluence which is you either become finished school certified and you get it all figured out or you're a party guy frat boy or you're rebelling against it and you know what I don't trust someone too much that at age 17 is too much like yes sir and and whatever you say about in a way kids are supposed to rebel against their parents. If kids have if their parents have money, you're supposed to be the rebel, then you're supposed to grow up and realize you know there was some hypocrisy there, but there was some good stuff too and I got to figure it out. And the fact that Andrew Luck was in lockstep with the the affluence, that doesn't impress me at all. That means it's someone that didn't have any rebellion in them. And I don't mean I, that makes me dislike him. It just means it makes me not like him, especially now show me something on the field, which was zero Super Bowl appearances, and he quit on his team three weeks before the season. But somehow, the rehabilitation of Andrew Luck has started, because just today, Colin had a whole segment on Andrew Luck, which I don't even understand why that would be. <laughs> Is he coming was he back? Doing, was he doing a segment on Nick Beer? Is it some 10-year anniversary of something? I, I don't understand it. But I think there's a new book coming out. Or I don't know. There's a podcast series or something like that. I don't like Andrew Luck. Not as a person. I don't know Andrew Luck. But as a... Person I observe from a distance. What, what would we like about it?
7: Here's what I think about you that I've uh, okay. that I've noticed. If someone I is, grew up rough. If someone is brought up and like when they're about to go into the league, whether whatever league it is, yeah. and people say this guy is the next big thing, no, and the masses say that you tend to say. I love chat. I don't believe it. I love chat. Chet wasn't even the number one overall pick. No one was He's saying
6: number two pick. I mean, come on. And
5: there's a lot of people that are speaking negatively about him.
6: Yeah, probably too. You're right. I do. Yeah. If someone gets too much love, it seems like it's it's everyone's taking a shortcut to think
7: Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. These were guys that like just it was square way of thinking. It was like <laughs> less than five percent of people is square. Trevor that Lawrence is square. square,
5: but I'm saying Andrew less than five percent of people square less. Andrew than... Luck was like laying minus six fifty and you're like, oh, come on. Great pick. You're right. I'm a contrarian. <laughs> yeah,
6: but here's the thing. I only am contrary to where I think there's a disputed uh, fact assessment, meaning what's right and wrong, what's true or not. And and let me give you an example. I I think Tom Brady is the greatest postseason quarterback ever. I, I don't even think it's debatable. It's not. So, I could be contrary and say, oh, no, really, actually, it's Joe Montana. No, no. But I do think that Peyton Manning was the better regular season quarterback. And thus, I think, wait a minute, 16 games of the regular season, a handful of games in the playoffs over the course of a career, which is more telling about how good you are? Unless you think there's a clutch gene that made Brady clutch in the playoffs. A lot of people think there is. A lot of people think there's not. Peyton Manning, over the course of his career, had more good games than Tom Brady. That, I think, is debatable. And thus, I wrap my arms around that because it's a way to be contrary and still be correct. I'd rather be correct. But if I can be correct and contrary, I like it even. It's the way to do it. And you know what? That's a service. Who who doesn't need a bunch of le- who needs a bunch of lemmings going? Yep, 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 yep. That's true. I mean, it's just like the the consensus opinion is the starting point. And as a better, I always got to find out when it's wrong because that's the only way to win. So in a weird way, my contrariness—that's not the right word—contrarianism. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Contrary <laughs> nature is actually making you money. And if I was less contrary, you'd make less money. That's a good way to look at it. All right, let's do this. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we've got some, I think, really telling sound. We got the sound of uh, Albert Breer talking about the Deshaun Watson case. That case should be fully adjudicated here soon. But I think the NFL and what we're finding out through this reporting means Deshaun Watson maybe the hate for him has been a little bit, let's say, premature. Stay tuned.
7: AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions
4: of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, We've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast.
0: Covino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids...
7: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. There were 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone.
6: So, Baker Mayfield, 78% chance to start game one for Carolina, 22% Sam Darnold. Cleveland favored by one at Carolina week one. The NFL, very forward-looking. They thought this could happen. We'll probably get into Jimmy G and and what it means with him uh, being the last viable quarterback left. But we're going to talk about a quarterback who may not be viable this season, Deshaun Watson. Now, Ryan Rosillo has a podcast on the Ringer Network, and he had Albert Breer on uh, just today or yesterday. I can't remember. And there's some points that I thought were good enough that we wanted to share with you. Now, the first one talks about how the NFL is, some of their actions are a sign that they're not as confident in this case as they may be trying to portray. Let's listen.
8: The NFL is savvy enough from a PR standpoint where if they felt like they had an airtight case, they would keep quiet and let the process play out, confident they were going to get their year or their indefinite suspension. The fact that they got their side of the story out there so aggressive tells me they aren't comfortable with the way that all this is going. And they feel like it's important that everybody else knows like we wanted a year out there.
6: Okay, so Albert Brewer
8: there now. What's that saying? That's saying
6: pretty much what I said on air, yep. which was the idea that they're getting this out there. We have a draconian desire for a year. A year, we don't want less than a year, no matter what. That makes them look like they're not being soft, the NFL, on. This quote-unquote crime, or this, from a, from a this PR infraction, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's yeah, the look of it, right? What, what is PR? Is perception, yep. right? So now this is a shorter clip, but I think this one is fascinating. And there's actually been an update to since this. this. <laughs> but this was Breer talking about how, of all the cases, and remember when the when the New York Times came out and there were 66 supposed infractions or cases or people who were not cases, but people who said this happened to them. Well, how many of them do you think the NFL put forward in this try or in this hearing, I guess? Let's listen to Brer.
8: I also know that they only brought the cases of five of the 66 women, four of the 24 that sued and then another woman on top of that. And I do think that Watson's side and the union feel comfortable with where they're at, that this is not an open and shut case. But, McKenzie, we had
6: news
3: today. Yes, Pro Football Talk said the fifth woman's claim, we're told, may have been solely based on a media report. And reportedly, Robinson, the judge, is not considering it.
8: Now, so, it, when he
7: said the four, the four uh, that have pending suits and another woman? Yes. It sounds like that other woman is
6: now out. And that other woman drove the New York Times article. Presumably, that's the woman, yeah. Is it presumably? Is I, I, it they
7: you? haven't named the names of the five women. The, well, the first five of all, the women
6: didn't name her name in the New York Times. C- true. Uh, and what did I say at the time?
7: That you don't you don't think it's you don't think it's
6: anything. No, it's... no. I'm saying if a person doesn't want to put their name up there, and we don't have any other information, we can't know that it's not true. But we the idea to act like we know it is is absurd.
7: Because you can't you're not being able to face your accuser. Yeah.
6: I mean, I, and again, there's reason. There's good reasons someone might not want to face their be faced by their uh, the accused or as the accused you don't want to be faced. It, it, you don't think you can handle it, let's say your, your emotional state. Let's say you got kids and you don't want them. There's all reasons that are valid. It doesn't mean that cuz you don't want to face be faced that 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 you're wrong or lying, but it, it it does open up the question as what's really what really is the truth. And now we're down to four cases that the NFL believes are worth putting out there to make their case of a suspension. And isn't it, are we sure it's the same four that are still remaining in litigation?
7: We don't know for sure, but because okay. they because of the way they said it that one was based solely on a media report, we assume that's the one.
6: Okay, yeah, I agree. We assume the New York Times driver the story that drove that story or the um, uh, the the background accusations. Drove the New York Times story that that's probably the fifth case. I agree with that. But the four cases that they still are, the NFL is still kind of behind, saying this is why he deserves punishment. Are we sure those are the four cases that's yet to be settled? We do not. Okay. I would think it is, but we don't know. Finally, it's something else I talked about, which was this setup that the NFL has to say we're not going to be the final decision maker on penalties, but rather we're going to have a judge do it, it was a way for the NFL to seem really tough in what they wanted to be the penalty. But in truth, the penalty ends up being
8: less and they can say we tried. Let's
6: listen to Brewer talk about that.
8: The owners have been pretty forthright over the last few years about wanting to get out of the business of being judge, jury and executioner. And that was part of why they negotiated this process. It'd be a little weird if the first high-profile case like this with an arbitrator that you brought in is completely disregard what she says. The NFL has its cake and eats it too by saying, we wanted a year. If you get that side of the story out there? And then if it comes in a little bit lower than that, you say, well, we have to respect this process that we negotiated a couple of years ago. So we're not happy about it, but we're going to go forward with what Sue Robinson decided to do.
6: That's Albert Breer on the Ryan Russilla Podcast. Mackenzie, you got 30 seconds to marvel at my predictions.
3: It's amazing, because this is news reports, but I was not surprised by any of it, because I heard on this very show, Exactly what you're saying. How they were going to go for a year, but they were going to accept whatever Robinson came back with. AJ, you got some time.
7: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we've we've talked about this a lot. That that we
6: talked about it. You and I discussed. I talked about it, and you
7: nodded. RJ said (laughs) that the the NFL can look like they're trying to be tough, and at the end of the day, say, "Listen, we tried our best. It's out of our hands."
5: So you think more likely that the NFL does not appeal as opposed to Deshaun Watson appealing?
6: I think his point, Breer, is good. If you do it the first time, Mm -hmm. then what does any of it? Have meant what is? If, if,
5: if this is especially as the appeal goes to Goodell.
6: And as they yes, that's the point. Yeah. And as they're starting to retract some of these cases, their confidence that really did he do anything wrong? Ultimately, the question is that what did Watson do wrong? I'm not sure that's yet to be that's yet to be answered.
7: Guys, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're we'll back tomorrow, six Eastern, three o'clock Vegas time. Maybe have some resolution to this Deshaun deal. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation.
4: Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels.
1: We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location.